Secrets from a Coach. Thrive and maximise your potential in the evolving workplace. Your weekly podcast with Debbie Green of Wishfish and Laura Thompson of Phenomenal Training. Debs. Laura, you are right. Oh, I'm more than all right. I am buzzing. We got to see each other today. We did. Wasn't that so cool to see the team as well? Oh, it was amazing to see each other in real life. So many tears were shed. We laughed till we cried as well. Oh, I feel like I've had a proper break. I feel completely different. And you know what's weird, Debs? It almost feels like the last year and four months, all that virtual interaction, that feels like a dream. It's like I feel reset. It's just phenomenal. So for anyone listening who's got something in the diary where you're going to be physically meeting up again with some work people, it is worth it. It is worth that train journey in, that commuting. I've forgotten how good it was. Yeah, and you sort of fly back home again, don't you? Going, oh, that was really good. And just, as you say, even though we've been virtual all this time, to actually be in the same room um, and to meet the rest of the team again, because I've seen them at different points, but, you know, it was it was just incredible. Really, really worthwhile and definitely something to help with the self-care for sure. Defo. Uh, the word that was going through my mind is I feel light-hearted. And I realised I can't remember when I had when when that when I stopped feeling lighthearted. If that oh, makes sense, okay, because yeah, I think sense. we've been so we've been so productive that actually potentially that productivity is masking some of the other stuff that's kind of going on. So, I mean, we've we've picked up some fascinating research that's uh, it was published in March 2021, but it comes from Microsoft. And the thing that really attracted me to this is rather than self-report, oh, I think I'm working longer hours, Microsoft, of course, with their Teams platform, provides so much technical support to so many organisations all over the world and education, you know, or so many different industries. They're actually able to look at what the machines are telling us about COVID work from home working habits and what that that might might mean. So number one, leaders have found this less tough than frontline um, and new employees. So where it is a 60-40 good-bad experience, this is from 30,000 plus people that have responded, this is self-report, this bit. Actually, it's the other way around. It's 40-60 for frontline and new employees in terms of, am I struggling or am I thriving? And what really jumped off the page for me was single people, 30-70 of bad good in terms of the impact that working from home through the COVID period has then had. So I thought that was really poignant. So in terms of, that's the emotion sort of perception of it, but in terms of the actual practical technical bits of it, did you know that time in Microsoft Teams has doubled globally since March 2020? So it's 2.5 times more time is now spent in Teams meetings than it was before the pandemic. The average Um, Teams meeting has um, increased in volume, in duration from 35 to 45 minutes. The average Teams user is spending 42% more time in Teams chat outside working hours. So they can see it. Work is busting the seams. And the title they had for one of the chapters, which just stuck out from the page for me, which is high productivity is masking exhaustion. So people are knackered. But you wouldn't be able to tell that from people's kind of surface perspective, but the machines are logging it all. They're able to see. Yeah. And I think also, Law, that's that's come up this week, quite a lot this week, what you're just saying there about just 
tired and a bit lethargic around having to pitch up and do work and yeah there was definitely this overwhelmed sense coming through different people I've spoken to this week which has been that's been a slight shift again in in, you know people more people are talking about that at the moment as well. Absolutely. Do you know the difference between the volume of emails that Microsoft's um, teams sent um, on their platforms, February 2021, compared to February 20, before it kicked off, 40.6 billion more emails were sent in this February than compared to last. Wow. So no wonder people are feeling bogged down. And guess what? There was some other stuff out this weekend. 40% of adults are actively looking to change jobs enough. So whether this is for people to look after themselves or for organisations to keep people in, because it's, you know, certainly more exhausting going on a recruitment drive, you know, particularly if there's kind of, you know, labour shortages. So there's a bit of stuff on. So I guess the digital overload is real. And what does that then mean? That then means never has it been more important to look after yourself. And again, they were looking at the impact, the number of people that are bouncing from one meeting to another. They can see it. (laughs) The machine can see everything in everyone's schedule and the impact that then has if you just leap from one meeting to the other. What's your take on that in terms of the impact that has on our mind and bodies? Mm, Yeah, definitely. And interestingly, I had to have a heart monitor fitted um, for a number of different reasons. But what they they asked me, because, you know, is there a spike? You know, what do you do? She know, you know, my GP knows what I do, but is there a spike in you know meetings? So just before going onto a call, there's this five minutes where my heart rate is going quicker and then it calms down a bit and then it relaxes and then boop, it pops up again. So having back-to-back coaching or meetings, you could, you know, you could tell by the 24-hour monitor I had on that it was it was impacting on that as well, which was fascinating. You would never know that, right? But you just think, oh, I'll crack on and do it. But yeah, no wonder you feel tired or just whew, take a breather. I just can't. My brain doesn't think anymore. So can you imagine if you've been able to look inside your brain and see how that was shifting and moving with all the different interactions you're having and moving from one to the other to the other? Because you wouldn't do that in the real world. Yeah, you wouldn't. And I think the difference is, is in a real world environment, you don't have to carry yourself fully. In the real world, everyone carries everyone because that chemistry is there. But in the virtual world, I have to fully carry my own energy. So there's nothing potentially that is going to lift us. Whereas in the room, the time flies. Yes, <laughs> because absolutely. you're just there going, blimey, was that three hours? And you feel lifted because we've all been carrying each other rather than sitting there in your bedroom for three hours thinking, right, half an hour more than I can then have a cup of tea. You know, it's yeah. it's, uh, it's <laughs> yeah. incredible in terms of the the sort of the difference from it. And the thing is, Debs, which is what links on to the guest that we've got this week, we should know better. We should. Know we better. do this for a living. We read all this research. We know we should be doing this, and that's the challenge. Is well, I know we should be doing this, but I'm so busy looking after other people that you sort of forget. To, to serve yourself first because potentially, you know, you sort of think, oh, no, well, I look after everyone else because that makes me happy. But what was if there's nothing left of you to give at that point? And, of course, although we've talked about the risks of virtual working, the glory is we then meet beautiful people like Layla. So Layla came into our radar as a result of being a podcast listener. She lived in Dubai, now lives in Turkey. She's co-founder and head of Compass Consultancy and she mentors coaches and she is top of her game from a coaching point of view. And you met up with her, didn't you, earlier this week to talk about what self-care means to her and what she has learned along the way in terms of how important it is. 
Yeah, definitely. And it was really, it was really cool to speak, you know, from a coach to a coach to understand, you know, a little bit more, say, what she's seeing and what she does to look after herself as a coach. And it was a great reminder to make sure we do look after ourselves first. So, yeah, I hope you enjoy um, our conversation, Law. Hi, Leila. It's um, so good that you could actually spend some time to join us. Um, as you know, um, our topics on our podcast for this month is all about self-care. And in particular, we're delighted to be able to speak to you about that whole wonderful topic about self-care for the carers. And especially with what we've been going through over the last 18 months and probably continue to go through, is how do we look after the people that look after the people? So it'd be great as we go through and have our chat today to explore a little bit more about that. That would be a pleasure. What I'd love for you to do is obviously our, our listeners won't know you, Layla. So it'd be really good for you to give us a bit of a bit of an intro into you and what's important to you. Hmm. Thank you. First step. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I am Layla Rizaikia. I'm originally Algerian, so I'm Algerian British, um, who lived in different countries, worked in different countries, and I'm the co-founder and managing partner of Compass Consultancy, um, a leadership and coaching uh, business based in Dubai, uh, and also the head of the Academy of Executive Coaching, um, looking after the Middle East business. So I'm an executive coach. I'm a systemic team coach. I'm a mentor coach. I'm a coach supervisor. And I'm a facilitator. So I've got different hats that all need self-care for myself before I could care for my own clients. So that's why it makes it really topical uh, for me to talk about this today. I am passionate about dreams. I'm a dream catcher and I dream big in life. And uh, and for me, it's um, what I'm really, really passionate about is when I work with people and I help them to dream for themselves and what they could create and how do they craft their own lives. You know, what I love is that, you know, whilst you said you wear many different hats, but in order for me to be able to do that for others, I need to look after myself. So, you know, what, so what do you do to look after you first? Well, I've been learning how to do that because I've been burnt many times. (laughs) (laughs) Where do I start them? From uh, double slip discs and being in hospital and being on bed. Uh, Yeah, I've I've learned it the hard way uh, when I really was not looking after my health and my well-being. Um, Without it, I couldn't really flourish in my life. And when I say my life, it's my whole life I'm talking about. Because, of course, it impacts all areas, you know, work, uh, well-being, family, relationships, um, everything. Um, So I've been I've been actually really investing on my personal um, and professional growth. That's my way, actually, to self-care for my own well-being and growth, because without that, I can't grow. And without my growth, I can't flourish in my life. Absolutely. And if you think back to when you first sort of started on that journey of understanding that, what one thing would you say has really stood out for you that has enabled you to flourish? Hmm. I think for me, I'll never forget three or four years ago. I think three years ago, um, I was actually in Turkey on holiday with my parents and I had invited them to spend um, some time with me. And I actually was stuck in bed. I couldn't move. Literally, I was leaving a B&Q, you would know, you know, just a bit of DIY. And in the car, I literally just froze. I couldn't move. I was in extraordinary pain 
the following day, we had to call my friends, Turkish, to call actually the ambulance for me because I had to go to hospital. I couldn't move. And then I was admitted to hospital for two days, literally could not move. And I was supposed to fly back to Dubai a few days later. And the doctor goes, there's no way you're going anywhere. You've got to be on bed rest for 10 days. I can't tell you how much I cried that day because I felt sorry for my parents because they were here to visit. And of course, I couldn't take them out. But I was also grateful that they were here to look after me. Yeah. Weird, isn't it? When things happen for a reason sometimes, don't they? Absolutely. And I tell you, sitting on my bed and having to cancel all my meetings with my clients, because, of course, I couldn't fly back to Dubai. Uh, This was before COVID. So, of course, there was no. and, And even if it was virtual, I wouldn't be able to do it. And how compassionate my clients were with me. And I thought, actually, they are so compassionate. And they're so understanding. I was putting so much pressure on myself. So that was a turning point. And I thought, you know what? I don't want to be in this situation any longer anymore. And I've started my journey of real, when I say real, real self-care from there. Yeah. And, you know, this piece around living that compassionate existence, you know, so looking after, you know, as you know, our mental, emotional, physical and spiritual health, you know, is so important. But how can we do it and do it well? So, again, as I said, it's been a journey for me and um, actually not far from last week. So the week before, before we spoke, you and I, um, I worked seven days nonstop. So I literally worked from a Saturday to Saturday. And the last two days, so the two days of the last training, I lost my voice because I had been speaking every day. So I had to rely on lemon and ginger and honey. (laughs) Always (laughs) the go-to, right? Always the natural remedies. (laughs) Yes. And I apologized to my clients. I said, I'm really sorry. You know, my voice is giving up on me because I've been speaking every day. But because I had planned last week as a week off, I stretched myself to work seven days nonstop because there was no way I promised myself I would not be doing any work last week. So it was another way. And I tell you how I did it to look after myself, to be in service of my clients this week, is I put in my out of office that it's time to recharge my batteries and I will not be checking my emails. So I will come back to you a week later. And that's my way also to self-care is to be able to do other things. So I signed up for a ceramic class. I've been dreaming about doing this for years. Oh, wow. That's so cool. So I got my hand messy with clay for three hours. I can't tell you. I was like a child in a candy shop. I loved it. And I go, it just took my mind away from work, from my routine, from being in a messy studio with clay. That's another way to actually self-care in a different way because people when you hear but when you hear people talking of self-care they think oh you know I need to go on a holiday I can't afford this I can't no you can actually self-care when you're sitting on your couch but lots of people don't do it so what what stop and that you're so right but what stops people from doing it based on your experience because you know like you know like myself and Laura you know worked with loads of people you know in your experience what does stop people actually looking after themselves It's self-expectation. It's the expectations that people, you know, I coach these people day in, day out, all depleted energy, low motivation, really needing self-care. So for me, what I've observed with my clients is, you know, they don't put themselves first. 
it's a lack of prioritizing because it is perceived in our world like I'm being selfish. Yes, or absolutely. I'm, and and it has a negative connotation, doesn't it? Like, oh, you know, how how dare I actually put myself first because people feel like I'm not looking after them. Well, if you're always looking after them, who's looking after you? And you can't, you know, there's an Arabic um, saying that I love. I'm just going to say the literal translation is you can't give to other people what you don't have. Mm, very true. Yeah, I like so that. How can I help my clients to learn how to self-care if I'm not self-caring for myself? True. It is. It's, it's something we, but we don't often do it, do we? And I think it's that bit, you know, especially as you said, you know, how do we provide self-care for the carers? So again, it's thinking about being able to engage your, your head and your hands in something means that you're completely present in that moment, right? So with the ceramics you were doing, oh my God, it just sounds like I want to go out and have a go at painting again. That's the thing around it, you know, because it's important. It's very important. And the other thing also that I feel uh, I would highly encourage people is to have a support system around you. Having that support system also will support the carers to actually put themselves first and prioritize and normalizing that this is actually okay. I'm not doing something, oh, you know what, how are people going to see it? And I'm out of business and I'm, no, it's actually okay. Mm, yeah, it is okay. And I think it's, how do we get that message through more and more that it is okay to put yourself first? And, you know, if you, you can't, you know, as they say, was it you can't, em you can't pour from an empty vessel? That's the other one that, you know, the same thing, isn't it? You simply can't. And I tell you, I came across a um, few lines of, of a quote that I thought I'll share with you because I thought it was really, really powerful. It said, I lied and I said I was busy. I was busy, but not in a way most people understand. I was busy taking deeper breaths. I was busy silencing irrational thoughts. I was busy calming a racing heart. I was busy telling myself I am okay. Sometimes this is my busy. And I will not apologize for it. I thought it was so powerful, wasn't it? Oh my gosh, yeah, that is. And and yes, that just made me think around, you know, thinking about that is what would you encourage people to consider doing to enable them to take that self-care for themselves? What would you encourage them to start to think about? I tell you what I do. I block time in my diary and it's called my just me time just be it's not doing it's just and i label it my just be time precious time i actually label it my just be precious time and i literally block it in my calendar it's like i'm having a date with myself so i need to have this consistently not just when i'm super drained then when it comes to really taking that time off i'd be so shattered so so book book a time with yourself on your diary. Block it as an important meeting that you're not going to jeopardize. Yeah, and I think, again, it's that bit, isn't it, that comes through, actually, Lele, around people think that if they're not present, especially as we're doing everything via Zoom at the moment, and yes, ho hopefully when we get Freedom Day, whatever that might end up yeah. looking like, <laughs> it's still there's still going to be a level of that interaction via Zoom as well. And it's how do we ensure that, you know, people feel that it is the right thing to do rather than feeling like the pressure, as you spoke about earlier, to having to be present. And I suppose it's what can we do 
Um, that, you know, if you were to advise managers, team leaders, people that look after others, you know, what would your advice be to them to ensure that people do block out that me time and it is okay? What would you suggest they consider? Well, I tell you, especially for managers and leaders that I'm working with, lots of them have not had a break for 18 months. So very few of my clients did like a long weekend staycation and this, but they were always prioritizing, you know, being in the business. So I would say, well, now, you know, with most people being vaccinated and stuff, many of them are actually breaking down and or or on a verge of a breakdown. So I would say, you know, as we're mid-July already, it's halfway through the year. So I will say to all these managers and leaders, if you haven't done so, block some time for you and your families so that even if you're staying in the country, but you're not actually checking your emails or not on a Zoom. And let's stop normalizing the culture of being available 24-7. It's actually not okay. It's really not okay. The fact that these managers and leaders, many of them are either doing hybrid or working virtually, it's like, okay, I'm still, and restructuring and transformation in organizations. This is, you know, the new normal, but they're actually not taking that time because they think that I cannot afford to take some time off. Well, then if you don't, can't afford to take some time off, how are you going to be performing at your best? You simply can't. And as you said, you know, the fact that you've re- recognised the importance of, yes, your work, but you'll block that time out and then you'll be at your optimum best to be able to give to your team, you know, the people you're working with. It's really important. If you're not doing this, do you think your teams will actually dare asking you for some time off? Especially if you are that type of manager who, no, 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 we need to be here and we need to deliver. We can't afford to do this. Well, then the company gives you a minimum, let's say, of 22 working days or so. Well, then use them because they're given to you for a reason. And don't just wait till you crash at Christmas when you take a month. Well, then just pace it off so that you can constantly re-energize. And if your business doesn't understand this, well, I'll say it's a big question mark, a business that doesn't care about my own well-being. (laughs) Well, actually, I will think twice whether I'm a right fit for this organization. Yeah, no, definitely. (laughs) And And I think, you know, it's it's so inspiring to speak to you and listen to what you're sharing with us today, Leila, because I think it's that bit that they're really simple things that any of us can start to incorporate into our lives, isn't it? Absolutely. And putting self-care as the priority. And and that that's the perception that people, um, you know, I invite people to change. It's like, oh, self-care, you know, it's expensive and it's this and it needs time and I don't have time. It's actually the daily practices that you do. It's in the simple things, but it lies in the consistency of how often you do them. Yeah, that's so true. Yeah, yeah that's a yeah. perfect way to let us take that thought away <laughs> around daily practice, the consistency of it, and just remembering that you're worth it. So I just want to say thank you, uh, Leila. It's been a real pleasure yes, to sir. speak to you. And I know our listeners will pick up on some of the you know hints and tips you've shared that they will go away and practice as well, I'm very sure. I so I hope so. I want to say thank massive you, thank you to you. Thank My you. My pleasure. Thanks for having me on the show. I really enjoyed speaking yeah. to you. And likewise. Take care. Take care. Likewise. Bye. Bye-bye. Devs, wow. I mean, she just talks so clearly about that mind-body link and how your body will give you clues that if you don't listen to it, it will send you louder and louder messages until one day 
you can't move and you've had, a, you know, your body's given you a breakdown. And so I guess the takeaway from that, certainly I took, is little and often breaks prevents the big breakdowns that then require much more um you know, work to then yeah. get back out of. So that was my takeaway. Definitely. And I think that's the bit to watch. It creeps up on you before you realise that you're burnt out or you're feeling overwhelmed or you just need to take a break. And But as you said, our body gives us these little warning signs and you ignore them at your peril. Um, you know, as Layla said, you know, because at one point, you know, you will just not be able to get out of bed and um, because you ignore the signs. So what absolutely, that would be my call to action as well, Law, for people listening would be to think about take a moment building that five minutes and listen to your body and if it's a bit niggly or you've got a bit of a headache or your eyes hurt it's your body's trying to tell you to to rest and and you look after yourself and do something that's going to help you so i that would be my call to action this week laura is to tune in listen to what it's telling you Oh, yeah, Debs. And even though at the start, us COVID working from home workers may be thinking, cool, I don't have to do the commute anymore. There are health issues as a result of sitting there for 15 months staring at a screen. So it does need then a little bit of self-care and being conscious about that to be able to look after yourselves for the long run. So my share the secret would be think about the person that you consider in your life to be most caring, most giving, most oriented to looking after others. Get them to listen to this as a reminder of how you can't pour from an empty cup. You have to be able to mirror inward what you're able to give outward. And I thought that was a brilliant message that she gave. So look after yourselves. I can't wait to see you again. And looking forward to next week where we're going to be specifically thinking about healthy habits for people whose lives are spent staring at a screen. So can't wait to pick up on that one. Have a fantastic week. Love Love you, you. Bye. We hope you've enjoyed this episode. We'd love to hear from you. Drop us an email on secretsfromacoach at aol.com or follow us on Instagram at secretsfromacoach.com.